Welcome to Success Grid, the place for sharing entrepreneurial stories, knowledge, and wisdom to educate and inspire you to always strive to raise your standards in your business and your life with your host, Hussein Talib. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Success Grid podcast. Here is your host, Hussein Talib. My guest today has serviced in the U.S. Army more than 20 years as a paratrooper, David Fivecoat has helped enhance the leadership of hundreds of individuals and improved the processes of dozens of companies through executive coaching, speaking, and leadership events as the founder of Fivecoat Coaching Group. Also, he's the author of Grow Your Grit. David, welcome to the Grit Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited uh, to talk to you today. Awesome. Awesome to have you here. So tell us a little bit about your story in the army, uh, why did you get in the U.S. Army and uh, your story until you started the, the Five Code Consulting Group? Sure. Uh, so I grew up in Delaware, Ohio, which is in the middle of the state uh, in a small town. And I loved to read as a kid. And uh, I, one of the things I really liked to read was World War II history. And uh, all the American generals uh, were... Uh, had attended West Point from Eisenhower to Patton to Bradley uh, to Jim Gavin and um, just really fell in love with West Point as a young kid. There had been no history of military service in my family. And when it came time to apply to colleges, I applied early to West Point and I got in and decided to go. Um, I had a great time while I was at West Point, uh, made some uh, incredible friends and uh, really enjoyed the education. Uh, and eventually got commissioned as an infantry officer in the United States Army. I went to the 82nd Airborne Division uh, and served in a variety of assignments as an infantry officer, leading folks at the platoon level, which is about 35 people, the company level, which is about 135 people, the battalion level, which is about 700, and then the brigade Mm -hmm. level, which is about 3,000. That was over 24 years of service. Uh, and in 2017, I decided to transition from the army and move into the corporate sector. I worked for another company for a couple of years. And in March of 2020, I decided to found my own company, the Five Co Consulting Group. I did that. I started blogging on leadership topics. I do a twice a week blog on Mondays and Thursdays on leadership topics uh, and have done in-person leadership training, uh, talks on my book, uh, and also uh, executive coaching for clients uh, as part of the Five Coat Consulting Group. Yeah, um, amazing because that because you've been into the military and the army. This the, these guys have a lot of discipline, I think. So it helped you a lot in your endeavors to to start your own business, right? Yeah, the discipline that I learned in the army uh, was certainly transferable uh, to to standing up my small small business. Uh, one of the bigger challenges that I tell all my peers that are either in the army or thinking about getting out and, and, and founding their own company is uh, really the amount of courage that you have to have as a small business owner is incredible. Uh, you know, if you don't have a client coming in the front door, uh, there is no money that's going to come, uh, come to you. And so I, I, I talk about how, you know, it's scarier than jumping out of a plane uh, running a small business is scarier than jumping out of a plane because you go through all this sort of ritual and, and all these things and you eventually fall out of the aircraft and the parachute works. But with a small business, 
you can try to do everything that you think is right, and then things won't work, and you won't have clients, and uh, you're you aren't able to keep the lights on. Uh, so, uh, definitely, small business uh, and being a, an entrepreneur, or small business owner, has really opened my eyes uh, to how challenging it is uh, to be successful uh, in 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 the corporate world. Yeah, exactly. So, so tell us a little bit about your book because you talk uh, your book is called Grow Your Grit. So, what uh, is grit actually is? Yeah, so I define grit as the will to persevere to achieve long term goals. So the will to persevere to achieve long-term goals. And I think grit is made up of, of six uh, sort of subcomponents. And the first is you've got to understand what your purpose is. Uh, and that really helps uh, it, because we want to tie our goals to our purpose. For whatever our purpose is, whether it's to help others or to grow your business uh, or to be a good father or uh, a good uh, spouse, uh, whatever your purpose is, then tying your long-term goals to that really makes a makes a huge difference. Uh, it, it does help also with goal setting uh, to do some smart ways of uh, of doing the the goal setting. Then it requires perseverance, uh, courage, uh, resilience, and motivation in order to actually reach that long-term goal. And we all have long-term goals. You know, you, we can all think back to January of 2021 and what did we all set out to achieve this year? For me, I wanted to grow my business and be a good father to my my daughter and ride my bicycle a lot. And those were my three major goals uh, of the year. And I've done pretty well on, on, on uh, all of them, but uh, I, the business didn't grow as fast as I thought it was going to go uh, this year. Mm. Now, my COVID project was writing the book. I don't know mm. what you decided to do during COVID, uh, but I decided that I was going to write a book because I had said for years, I'm going to write a book. Uh, and so I actually sat down uh, and over about six months, uh, Really worked hard to put the book book together. Found an editor and then uh, published it here in July. Mm-hmm. And you get to yeah. see my dog, my coworker, <laughs> my coworker Samantha. There is uh, uh, walking around because she's thinking, "Hey, can I get dinner a little bit early?" <laughs> well, amazing. So, so working in the military because you had this kind of mindset, and now in transitioning into your own business, what did you say or what do you say to people who already below target? Uh, what, what do you do to encourage them and make them take that step forward and to change to the things that they actually want to achieve the goal or the purpose? Yeah, uh, I, I think a big thing is 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 confronting your fears and acknowledging what your fears are and then developing a plan to sort of manage those. Mm-hmm. And and for me, for years, I was like, you know, uh, you know, I want to write a book. I want to write a book, but I was scared. You know, <laughs> you know, what if folks don't like it? Uh, what mm-hmm. if nobody reads it? What if only what if only my mom reads it? Um, <laughs> and uh, you know th- those sort of nagging things caused me to procrastinate and not write and get distracted as I tried some other books, uh, some efforts to write other books. Uh, and so um, one of the, the big things that I talk to the, the the people that I do executive coaching to is uh, one of the best tools that I've learned is you get, you list out your fears and you take mm-hmm. each of your fears. And for me, you know, it's like, well, what if nobody reads it? I'm like, oh, okay. You know, that, that'll be all right. And then you develop a plan to mitigate that. Well, I'll, I'll advertise, I'll get it up on Amazon. I'll, you know, go to and sell it in person at these places. Uh, and then maybe more than, than a handful will read it. 
the average book sells about 400 copies. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm happy to tell you that I, I've, I'm over 670 copies and closing <laughs> cool. seven, 700. So I'm above that's, average on the book. Yeah, cool. Amazing. That's cool. So in these kind of things, like, for example, you mentioned you want to start a book. Sometimes procrastination comes in, in the middle of things. We postpone things. So what do you think the key skills or important skills that people should develop most? Yeah, so... One of the big things that helped me was the with the book is this idea of uh, uh, a streak, and a streak is where you do something every day uh, for a consecutive number of days. Yeah, uh, you know the American baseball players. You know if they hit a baseball every day for a couple of weeks, it's, it's usually pretty remarkable because nobody does that. Um, the same thing happens though if you want to be successful at anything. Uh, is start a streak. And for me, it was, I need to do f- 15 minutes a day on the book. And and so I started out and you know one day I would write, the next day, maybe I would edit. And then the third day, maybe I'd go look for pictures uh, that I was going to include in the book. And this idea of always putting in 10 to 15 minutes uh, into whatever this project that you're working on every day uh, is one of the things that can help overcome that fear or that procrastination. Another thing is breaking the big project up into smaller ones. And I don't know about you, but if you have a big project and one of the big projects was I owed, um, um, but I kept procrastinating it. And finally, I had to break it up into smaller things like, okay, today I'm just going to work on an invoice. Tomorrow, I'm going to make some changes on the the uh, the uh, overall contract. And then I'll review it on the third day. And then I'll finally send it out. Just that that act of breaking it up into smaller mm. smaller chunks makes it easier to handle. Yeah. What's one thing that you're procrastinating on right now? Me? Yeah. Well, uh, maybe I think uh, I am in the process of developing a course to sell. Sometimes I postpone things, because, for example, because now I, I should have the course finished by October 1st, which is today, but still not. So hopefully... Now that by the end of October, so, but, but because I when, it's, when I started, for example, I didn't think that there's much work to do. And when I started doing that, there's actually a lot of things to do. So sometimes yeah. I postpone them. So when that happens, you will jump ahead in time and you'll have to kind of reschedule things. Okay. Yeah. So two things, two things I recommend uh, for you to do to help help you get across the goal line. Uh, by the, the the 31st of October. First off, break, write down every single little thing that you have to do. So you make a list of 20, let's say you've got 20 things left to do to to actually get the course, course out. And then you write them all down. Uh, and then for me, I always like putting little boxes next to them so I can check them off and feel like I accomplished and mm. put a time on the calendar every day between now and the 31st to work on it. And, you know, even if it's only 15 minutes or 30 minutes, whatever you've got during the day, those two things of dividing it up into these smaller chunks, because if you just say, hey, I'm going to I got to finish the course by the 31st, you're going to keep procrastinating on it. But if you say, hey, tomorrow I'm going to record episode number four, um, you know, that's more manageable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you put some time on the calendar 
uh, I think those two things will help you get to the goal line and uh, love to see your course. So please send me a note when you get it live uh, on, on October 31st. Yeah. Awesome. So that's a great tip. Actually, <laughs> actually I was thinking about that because when I was thinking if I want to finish it in 30 days or at least like uh, finish the, th- it will be like a drip content kind of course, like every one week or two weeks, there's uh some kind of module so at least it will be for example three modules so it will be like total of five so three hopefully it will be out so i will start like promoting these kind of things and the other two will it will be fine if i finish them after but now with these yeah. tips i i i do i can work on that and maybe the whole thing can be finished by then because it will make things easier instead of actually doing that over that uh, time span you know yeah, a lot less stressful if you have the whole course finished before you launch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, exactly. But I, I've known other people that have launched it with only one lesson uh, done, and uh, yeah, you know, because they, yeah, because when you think of like for example, drip content uh, every week or two weeks, there is some kind of a module. It will be fine to have it uh, not finished completely yet. But if it's all already done, it would be a much better option. You can focus on the marketing right. side, let's say, of things. Yeah, right. yeah. So exactly. I had to say I had the same problem with the book. I I mm. didn't finish the book uh, until about fifteen days uh, b- before I had said I had set a date on Amazon to have it released. And if you don't get the book hung on Amazon within like a week prior to it launching, uh, Amazon puts you in timeout and you can't sell for X number of months uh, afterwards. Uh, so there was this huge rush and I, t- uh, I, I talked to other folks that are putting books together, uh, you know, Hey, set a date and finish the book three months out and then spend the next three months marketing it because I wish I had had more chance to market it after it was in its final version, mm. uh, and try to get more pre-sales mm. and, and folks interested in it. Um, because you know, the, the mad rush to get it done. Uh, made it tough to do enough marketing. Yeah, exactly. So, so sometimes, like you talked a little bit about fear, right? Yeah. And how sometimes we as humans have fears of failure, fear of success, maybe fears of whatever it is, fear of rejection. So, how do you do, or do you recommend working with fear and to develop courage to go through these kind of things, especially now with, and I mean, like kind of COVID may be passed. I don't know if it's completely passed, but hopefully it will <laughs> pass and end soon. So how do yeah, you like, work with your current <clears throat> like that in these situations? Yeah. Um, you know, like I said, the, 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 big, the big tool that I really like is this idea of listing all your fears and then mm-hmm. listing a mitigation measure against each of those fears. Like if, if you're afraid to, um, you know, go to a conference or something like that because of COVID, you say, okay, well, my mitigation strategy is I'll go to a virtual conference or I'll call three friends because I, I know I need to network and have some social interaction, but I'm I'm scared to go out because I'm worried about catching COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you develop, you say, okay, here's my fear. And so you write it down and then you talk about, okay, well, what's the worst like, thing that will happen? And then, okay, how do I mitigate it or figure out a way around it? and uh to to make the same thing happen Mm. that's really the biggest tool that i think uh helps folks there's other tools um like developing resilience 
which I think is a whole person kind of approach where you've got to get the right amount of sleep. You've got to eat well. You've got to do some physical fitness on a daily basis. And then you've got to have a little bit of mindfulness um, to sort of help help uh, keep your sharper edge. Yeah, because you will in the military uh, having to do like maybe daily exercises, something that's routine to you, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, and all the folks that I coach, I encourage them uh, as well to do some sort of daily physical fitness. And it's one of those physical fitness is an easy thing to see, but it, you see folks' fears uh, hold them back from that. And mm -hmm. one of the big things is, you know, hey, I'm not, you know, I can't work out unless I can go to the gym and that takes me an mm -hmm. hour. And, uh, you know, I, I, I can't do all this. I'm a big fan of, hey, you know, you, you set the the standard that, hey, I'm going to get 10 minutes of physical fitness in in a day. And if I, if I get that in, I'm happy because I did something and I didn't just sit on the couch or sit in my chair or sit, you know, uh, sit in front of the computer uh, doing work. Um, so, for instance, like I walk my you saw my you saw Samantha. Uh, she's been great. Uh, we go for a long walk uh, every morning. And then I come come back into the house and I've got a little home gym set up where I can do some some push-ups and sit-ups and air squats and a few other exercises. Mm. But if I only get that 10 minutes in a day, I'm not totally sad that I don't get out of my bike and do this, you know, monster hundred kilometer ride that I, you know, had planned or, or something like that. Uh, so uh, you just got to think about, okay, 10 minutes is better than nothing. Mm, and yeah. setting up the expectation that you've got to have this perfect workout uh, it, it, you know, sets you sets me up for failure, sets you up for failure. Uh, so come to the realization that if hey, if I get ten or fifteen minutes in a day, that's okay. But a lot of times when you start out with that ten to fifteen minutes, you'll stay and do more because yeah, it will be the hey, yeah, momentum. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sweaty. Yeah. You know, I might as well you know keep on the bike for another hour or whatever it is. And so. Um, and pick things that you like, you know, we're all at that stage where you're probably not going to go to the Olympics. And so, uh, you know, do <laughs> sports that you like, if, if you can't stand being on the treadmill, don't do the treadmill, you know, find something, a rower or, uh, a bike or walking or, uh, jogging outside or whatever. But if, if something is just crushing your spirit, don't do it because you think you have to find, mm. find something that you enjoy, uh, and yeah. do that. Because uh, you'll be more more likely to stick to it. Exactly. There, there is multiple so, there is multiple things you can do: walking, running, yeah. uh, lifting weights, whatever. There's lots of options. Yeah. Yeah. What do you like to do? Me, I actually when I was younger, I used to like running. I used to run a lot, but when I got uh, older, I played a little bit. Uh, we're talking here about like 10 years ago so I started bodybuilding for a while I played for like three years and then I left bodybuilding and moved to boxing I played boxing for like three years also something like that and then I started uh, uh, I quit all of that <laughs> and I'm not really physical right now <laughs> especially nowadays <laughs> so yeah well I'm sure I'm sure you've got a jump rope uh, from your yeah. boxing days, yeah, yeah, I still and have so the, that's the, an easy... the, the, the jump rope and the the gloves. I still have the old one, the the first ones I bought actually. Good, good. Mm. Well, I'm sure you can get the jump rope out and do that for ten minutes a day. Yeah, whip yourself, whip yourself back into into fighting shape. Yeah, actually, actually, when I started boxing the first day, I remember the coach telling us, 
the first thing you need to do is to jump rope you know it's about uh, uh, you know um, endurance and it gives you ability to have powerful breath and stay longer and capacity to fight because boxing when you look at it you think oh it's not really that hard there is no <laughs> there's nothing really there but it's actually very tiring to someone who's new so i started yeah. doing the jump rope i didn't know how to do it but when i actually got to do it it's uh, it was really fun it's uh, it's really fun exercise you can do a lot of things you can do a lot of movement with it so yeah even the basics ones are fun yeah well it keeps you up on your toes too so mm. you can transfer the weight through your hips with yeah, your exactly. with your boxing punch yeah, exactly. we had to take boxing at uh west point as our freshman gym class um and uh the the two minute rounds uh seem like they go forever yeah uh, it's weird it's weird the two or three minutes like you think yeah. this is gonna but but uh, the first round the second round you're <sighs> it's <laughs> it's very it's very cool sport but actually i was <laughs> i was one of the people who were afraid to broke the nose because you know my nose is <laughs> So I was afraid to get my nose broken, but fortunately it didn't get broken uh, at all. But uh, I got some hit, but never broken. So yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. But at the, at the time, at the time, the coach told me you, you, I, I am like one meter seventy five uh, centimeters, so I'm like five uh, five eleven, I think. Uh, so he told me if you can keep up with it you can be like some kind of a pro semi pro thing i told him no this is not my goal i just i'm here just <laughs> for fitness goals and that's it <laughs> yeah yeah uh, oh that's great i mean it's really it's really great sport it's really great sport but what i don't like the the mma i don't really like it that much because i think boxing is more elegant let's say elegant yeah 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 Exactly. So working with your clients, like, for example, uh, and leaders, these kind of things, where do you see them, let's say, do things wrong, maybe, or these kind of things? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, uh, the, the, the folks that I w- work with um, you know, usually aren't doing things wrong, but they're looking for a way uh, to take themselves to the next level. Whether it's as a as a group to figure out how to build themselves uh, together as a better team or improve their culture, or as individuals, how do they uh, take themselves to the next level? How do they have a little bit more accountability? Uh, how do they uh, get some different ideas or different thoughts into how they're leading folks in their business? Um, those are really the the folks that uh, that I've worked with. What I see uh, when they come when when they come approach me. Uh, what they're looking for mm, yeah because because sometimes and i talk to other people sometimes because the leaders who are upstairs always like for example especially they, if they have lots of people under them all they care about is the job to be done and just keep pushing people and looking them from the top view you know what i mean it's not like yeah. they are uh, kind of uh, team players let's say yeah well, and it's certainly uh, been a, an extremely tough environment over the last 18 months with COVID. Uh, you know, people are the biggest resource uh, of any company, no matter if it's, uh, you know, a small one-person company uh, or the largest uh, 60,000 uh, employee uh, kind of company. Uh, and leaders have to 
have that uh, ability to look after and engage uh, and uh, talk and understand uh, the folks that are working for them. You know, there needs to be some empathy there. You know, it can't just be, hey, we've got to accomplish this task. You, you, you need that, you know, you need to set goals and objectives, but in the same point in time, uh, it's one of the things I've taken from the army is, you know, you have to look after your people. Uh, you know, you got to accomplish the mission and then you got to take care uh, of your people. And that comes in a, in a wide variety of ways. One of the, the people that I was just talking with, um, one of the things that I, I coached her to think about is, you know, today's the first of October, the holidays are coming up in December. They all, uh, you know, one of the things that I thought was important for her was to make sure that her entire team is all getting some time off over the holidays. And she needed to make sure that they had submitted their time to take off over the holidays. You know, not necessarily everybody could be gone at the same time because they're trying to roll out a new product and and do some uh, interesting things there. But, uh, you know, her role as a leader is to look after her people and make sure that they get some time off to recharge. So they come back in January and they're ready uh, to work and take the take the company uh, on to even bigger and better things in 2022. Mm, yeah. So David, can you give us uh, one takeaway from this episode that can be actionable tip? Yeah. So uh, you know the 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 actionable tip that uh, I think um, the the biggest thing is is where you and I talked about. Hey, if you have a goal like rolling out a show or writing a book or uh, even just a big project at work, break it down into little, little chunks. Uh, figure the time spent on breaking the big project down into little chunks and uh, identify each of those chunks that has to be done and maybe you know, figure out the order that they have to be done in and then marking time on the calendar. Uh, those two things are the biggest things that I think inhibit folks from accomplishing big goals uh, is uh, you know, figuring out the problem and then figuring out a way to tackle the problem and solve it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you have to yeah. tackle the problem like in, in sports. You have to right. sometimes just stop the, the attacker. The defender has to stop the attacker from attacking their own uh, goal. So, right, exactly. right, right. Yeah. So uh, where can people get in touch with you, David? Yeah, so I, I have a, a website, thefivecoatconsultinggroup.com. Uh, my folks can uh, email me as well, david.fivecoat at the fivecoatconsultinggroup.com. Like I said, I do a blog post twice a week on leadership uh, topics. Uh, the book is for sale on both Amazon and you can uh, get to it uh, off my website as well. Uh, but uh, love to hear from your audience. And if I can help them in any any sort of way, please have please reach out and uh, love to talk to you. Awesome. Well, uh, David, thank you for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Grid Podcast. This was an amazing episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Success Grid. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you found value in the show, rate and leave a review on iTunes. For more resources, visit successgrid.net. Until next time.